right, welcome everybody to episode nine of Late Arrivals. We got the whole group here again this week. We got Connor, we got Chris, and on a different planet right now, we got Lewis. Hello. And of course, I'm Jake. Um, I usually like keeping things light when we start these episodes, but I have a rant for you guys. Uh Here we go. So I was on my way home and I was picking up dinner because I was in a rush and really didn't feel like heating something up after. Um, Just kind of ironic because the dinner I picked up, I'm not eating right now because we're recording and don't want to be chewing in my mic. Some some people uh, might like that. You know, might get some some different viewers to our (laughs) podcast, but uh, don't know if we're ready to branch out to that just yet yeah i'm scared <laughs> but so i went to chipotle because it's easy to just order you know burrito run in real fast pick it up and the one i'm at kind of around a bunch of restaurants it's by a bunch of businesses and stuff and you know there's pretty much parking everywhere but this fucking guy <laughs> in this little toyota shit box decides to park in front of a space and just sit there and we were kind of coming in at the same time and I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'll flip my turn signal on and I'll just turn into the spot. The guy will just go past me or whatever, but the guy just sat there and I kind of sat there cause I was irritated and tired from working all day and like, okay, fuck it. I'll, you know, drive past him. I roll down my window. I'm like, Hey, are you parking in that spot? And the guy's just kind of sitting there on his phone. He's like, Oh shit. Sorry, man. You know, I, I, I'm I'm doing my order right here <laughs> and I'm just like looking at him I'm like look you couldn't you have parked in the spot at least and he just kind of looked at me he's like oh I was just gonna sit here because my girlfriend was gonna run in and I'm glad I just was kind of in a rush and I needed to run in and grab my food real fast because I had some words I wanted to say but this dude oh, no fucking joke looked like pops from regular show just a giant fucking pumpkin head. I feel bad for him because he looks like a bobblehead, but you know, word to the wise, please, please don't park in front of parking spaces. Like I actually use them for their intended purposes. I like um, to lay in them. I've seen people do it, try and save spots um, to varying degrees of success, but you know, don't, don't be a fuckhead and just like actually use the spot because you almost made me late and wasn't very, I wasn't very happy. I wasn't in the mood for, for some bullshit, but you know, people are going to do whatever the fuck they want, I guess. What was the, uh, what was the, what was the, uh, what was the burrito order? What do we got? So my usual go-to, I actually, like I said, I have it sitting in front of me cause I'm not going to eat it just yet, but I usually Probably get, um, I do a double wrap. It's the proper way to eat Chipotle because, you know, you don't want your burrito falling apart. I always get brown rice, black beans. I do steak, sour cream, cheese, and lettuce, and that's it. That's, not not okay. a big salsa guy from Chipotle. I don't know what it is. Okay. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'll mix it up between white and brown rice, but usually one of the two. And then I'll go pinto, double chicken, a little pico, corn cheese and lettuce and then and then you gotta go the secret ingredient is every bite you put the chipotle tabasco sauce 
Ooh. Every bite, you get a little bit of that. That's what you got to do. That's the I feel key. Like that's just kind of the right way to eat burritos in general. Mm-hmm. So you got to have a little mm-hmm. sauce every bite. Mm-hmm. Chipotle mm-hmm. is the one place where I really don't care about that, but I feel like other places I go, like if I have a breakfast burrito somewhere, you got to have Cholula or Tabasco mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. I do, I do like the green salsa at Chipotle, the medium, but I like it with chips. I don't, I don't like it so much. I feel, I think it can like overpower the, uh, like the flavors in the burrito or in the bowl. So I like, I like it with chips. Because they give you a giant fucking scoop of it. It's true. It's like, yeah. If it was kind of spread around and not just like a, excuse me, not just a glob just in the middle of the fucking thing, like maybe, maybe it'd be a little bit better, but you know. Do you like, do you guys, speaking of salsa and breakfast burritos, do you have salsa with your breakfast burrito? Yes. I, I, I don't like it. I I don't like it either. I typically do. Typically I do. Okay. I was just wondering. I've just been burned. I'm sorry. Were you asking me that question? Anybody. <laughs> this, is, this is where Lou checks out. Yeah. We're, we're not even five minutes in and Lou's already checking out. Oh, no. I've been burned in the past with burritos that have had pico in it and it's just been mm-hmm. terrible. So I just. Yeah, I can't do it with breakfast burritos. I don't know. I just ugh, I can't do it. I'll go that extra mile and be picky just so I can enjoy it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because I got a, a breakfast burrito today, and it was a chorizo one, and not and it came with salsa. Ooh, fire! I, yeah, it was good. It was I just didn't have it with the salsa. <laughs> I almost kind of feel bad too, because I almost want to like tell them to like just not bring it, but mm-hmm. I also have anxiety at restaurants and feel like yeah, I'm asking too much if I say, hey, yeah. "Can you just take this back, please?" I know. I just don't want to bother anybody. <laughs> just don't want to be problematic at a restaurant. Well, to, to get into actual news and not us talking about food outside of uh, our normal confines of the episode, uh, had a decent amount of things happen this last week. Uh, you know, Nazim Kadri finally signed, you know, the day after we record, of course. Not, no, um, not even. Well, yeah, day after. But how annoying was so it? Annoying. That, that's so annoying. <laughs> that we, we released the episode at like, what was it, like 8.30 in the morning? Yep. On Thursday, and then Kadri signs at like nine. <laughs> fucking fucking guy. <laughs> he had well, all week. Before we get into Calgary's side of things, being the ones that actually signed him, I kind of wanted to take a different look and look at what a team that was going after Nazim Kadri has done. And that'd be the New York Islanders who did fuck all up until today because yeah, I was it seems say, like they ha- were... have they really done anything? Up until today, they had done absolutely nothing outside of the draft. Um, And part of that, if we're to believe the reports of them offering the same contract to Nazem Kadri or to be be believed, uh, they must have been waiting and they must have been in the running for him. So we can't say that they were entirely inactive, but it seemed like everything that they needed to do hinged on whether they can get Nazem Kadri or not. And... They, big uh, Lou whiffed, and not our big Lou. I'm looking not for our that. Big Lou. I'm looking for that and, quote from Lou. Yeah, did you? Yeah, he get he gave the absolute most boomer answer I've ever seen when he was asked about not making any moves. He was like, you know, okay. sometimes it's the moves you don't make that are the best ones. I, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I, I found it. He just said oh, our team hey, is man. built. 
our team is built a certain way. I won't apologize for oh, it. I believe built in for, it. It's built to finish in the bottom half of the league. Like what? Mm. Yeah. Clearly somewhere he has the, uh, he must have one of Bob Murray's old computers with just automated <laughs> responses on it. Just, ah, yeah, you know, there were guys available. We tried. Yeah. When I read that this morning, I got Murray flashbacks for sure. <laughs> Terrifying stuff. It's a retool. It's not a rebuild. <laughs> I don't know why I went into like a Trump voice for Murray, but I feel like this is. And I even with the hand. Retooling. <laughs> even with the hands. Uh, but you know like i said it seemed like a lot of their offseason kind of hinged on whether they could get nazim kadri or not uh holy shit am i back in middle school i have voice cracked there kadri but they uh signed three guys today uh they extended Kiefer bellows one by 1.2 Noah cool. Dobson three by four mil better probably is one of the one of the best moves that they could do because he's yeah, he's yeah. A pretty good young defenseman they have yeah. and uh Alexander Romanov three by two five AAV of seven point five mil you know nothing to write off they're definitely good moves uh but it is kind of funny that the entire offseason was surrounded around just one guy and yeah. Now it's just kind of like, I guess we'll sign these guys. I guess we'll give them contracts now. But, you know, it, it kind of seems to be like this is just going to be the Islanders. It's kind of sad to think about they were one game away from going to a cup final, and now they're kind of just in, oh, yeah, we got all these grizzled veterans and grit on our team and probably not going to do a whole hell of a lot, but. At least it's not our team. I forgot they had Paul Mary. I got Paul Mary, Matt Martin, Zach Parise. They got all the old dudes. Yeah, thank God we're no longer in the boomer general manager bucket anymore. So yeah, thank God. Bucket. I wake up every morning and I, I do two things. I do two things. First, I piss excellence. <laughs> Second, I thank God for Pat Verbeek. <laughs> My morning routine. I mean sleepy pat and then i drink coffee like a normal person lou that's beside the point but fuck that's what i mean gotta have coffee man <laughs> well you just trans- look at the you look at the verbeek meme before before work every day he just, just has it in a picture frame above his toilet it's in his trust wallet the, trust the, <laughs> the trust the verbil baby <laughs> Well, transitioning to the team that actually got to sign Nazem Kadri, uh, the Calgary Flames are somehow salvaging losing 200-point players and still looking like they've had the best offseason of almost all the teams in the league. Um, they signed Nazem Kadri seven years, seven mil, gave him a modified no-trade clause, which is probably going to bite them in the ass a couple of years down the line. But, you know, it Brad Tree Living was uh, not fucking around. Uh, kind of feel like losing Gaudreau and trading Kachuk probably just pissed him off more than anything. And somehow Calgary got better. <laughs> yeah, they got better, older, but better. <laughs> yeah, holy think- shit. I mean, 
yeah, I mean, holy shit, talk about winning the offseason just in like any any possible way you can. I mean, you know, typically we talk about teams winning the offseason in terms of making additions to you know, great players that they already have. This is this is kind of like an interesting scenario. You know, they're losing, like you said, Jake, 100, you know, 100 point players in uh, Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk, only to acquire Jonathan Huberto, lock him up, acquire Mackenzie Wegar. I think they're in the process of locking him up and then signing a guy like Nas Kadri to a seven year deal. I mean, like, holy shit, you're, you're kind of right back to where you started in terms of, you know, yeah kind of where your team was in terms of points you got to make up you know that you lose out when you lose on guys like you know like a like Kachuk and Gaudreau but yeah I mean holy shit full hats off to Brad Tree Living like not many GMs are going to be able to recover from losing two 100 point players like that and I mean holy shit he's arguably won the offseason you done did it he's turned it around and then some like Battle of it's crazy. Gonna be so awesome. Yeah, I mean, especially now that we get to see Kadri and Kane. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'll be funny. I just kind of feel like it's this happens every couple years where like a team gets gutted like the first like couple weeks of free agency and everyone starts to write them off and then their GM just is like, yeah, okay, you know, give Lucky me a little. Ball. Pretty much, you know, give, give me some time to cook. And then they just completely turn it around and it's like, okay, maybe, maybe we're a little too harsh on you at first, but I think that's also kind of the nature of this point of the season where you do have those guys every year that kind of wait or hold out to see what's out there on the market. And you got those teams that are desperate to win that just step in and they're like, yeah, okay. You know, who cares about money down the line, you know? We want we want to win now. Like, yeah, it bites us in the ass later. So be it. But let's you know, let's really make a push. Uh, what side are you on on the Battle of Alberta? On the Flames. Same. As in to say, if anybody says Oilers on this podcast, I think I think you might <laughs> might be asked go. to leave. We need in to make a trade. <laughs> Well, to uh, kind of add some room for a move like this to happen, uh, Calgary trades Sean Monahan and a conditional 2025 first rounder that I am not going to read the conditions of because it's <laughs> it's so literally much. like a paragraph and a half of just oh my like... God. Did, you, did you guys see the meme somebody made? They edited... Like they made it look like it was the opening scroll of the Star Wars movies, and they just oh they just God. copied and pasted all the terms and conditions of the Sean Monahan to Montreal. I did not right? see that. Oh my God, no, was, yeah. I was fucking dying. That was gold. Like literally, that's all. Like the most exciting part about that trade was how fucking ridiculous all the conditions were, and that's about it. Yeah. That kind of tells you. I mean, a bit of a fall from grace kind of tells you what what Sean Monahan's career path is kind of looking like these days, but. <laughs> That's too bad. I wanted him on the docks like five years ago. <laughs> oh. oh, I think that now. Yeah. No. No, 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 no. Five years ago. I mean, it sucks because he he gets the uh, Mark Andre Fleury special and gets traded for future considerations, <laughs> which I, I think's probably, I wouldn't so much say a low point for guys in their career, but when you start entering that territory, it probably does suck because you want to feel like you're valuable to a team and not just 
relief. You know, you don't you yeah. never want to be that cap dump guy. And it's a shame because I mean he used to be a guy that I'd hate to see play against the Ducks because he always somehow killed us. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, like you know, it, it it must it must really suck. Um I don't know what's gonna be longer, you know, Kadri's contract or the conditions of that fucking draft pick. <laughs> I swear to god, it had like subsections and bullet points. It's like how annotations how and like references from yeah, there was a, a work, recipe. There was there. a there was a sided <laughs> page, like <laughs> some kind of poutine recipe. I I don't envy GMs and assistant GMs that have to go through and like write out the finer details of that because that just agents too. Yeah, that just right. seems like such a pain in the ass to be like, okay, he can't be traded on the third Monday of the year, but. <laughs> You know, if you win 50 games, then that clause is flipped and he can't be traded on the second Friday of every month. And it's just like, <laughs> like what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> How long in that uh, cadre contract do you think the Flames get before they regret it? I think year three. Three? Yeah. I was going to say four. Uh, I'll give him a little more. Yeah, like year four or five. Mm-hmm. I'll give him an extra year just because cadre seems like the kind of. Maybe you know, he surprises guy, everybody. Maybe he's just, a more. Yeah. Maybe he maybe he's just amazing for the next seven years. Yeah. yeah we never know. Completely wrong. To quote uh you know, modern day scholar Felix Sicard. Yes and no. Yes and no. He could and then he couldn't. You know, you just you know, two sides of every coin. Shout out Felix. Yep, shout out Felix. Felix. And Jake. Yeah, shout out Jake too. And I, and I, yeah, I guess we can shout out <laughs> new dad Jake. Congrats on that, by the way. I don't think. I don't oh yeah, congrats, that, man. Uh, yeah, congrats, buddy. Father Rudolph. Rudolph. Well, switching gears here, we had uh, we had an announcement about the NHL awards and the draft changing locations for next year, and of course, it's our favorite place in the world. It's Nashville. <laughs> I'm kind of cool with a change in scenery. Um, yeah. Not saying Vegas got stale, but I kind of feel like once they got a team, the awards were kind of different. Yeah. Just because it felt kind of weird being in a city that was already like so hyped up. Um, but I mean, it's not like it's going to a neutral location by any means since. I mean, there is a team in Nashville, but probably a matter of time before they did this anyways. Um, And nothing major. It will be fun seeing all the Preds fans in attendance boo uh, Ducks players when they're uh, called up for their draft. So, you know, definitely keep an eye on our friend Ultimate Preds Twitter. (laughs) And the booing that... (laughs) That they'll get when they uh, when they announce a Calder Trophy winner, Mason McTavish. Yes, sir. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> you know, and if anyone's listening to this and they want to send us to Nashville for these festivities, that would be amazing. Yeah, That's if you if you want to send us to Nashville, so we can yeah, we can just, make peace. Just send us. Yeah. I can drop we'll penises on the arena. I ain't making peace with those bozos. 
I'll have a, I'll have a beer with <laughs> Ultimate Pred. That's fine. <laughs> Will you also have to wear a luchador mask? Uh, maybe that remains to be seen. I'm not sure if that's in the, if that's in the, the fan bylaws. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know if that's in our contract. Yeah, we'll have to look <laughs> at the fine print. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe that answer is within uh, the details of the Sean Monahan trade. <laughs> <laughs> that's subsection C of uh, of the no trade on Fridays clause. Yeah, it actually uh, says Connor Hat. Connor has the choice of wearing a mask when having a beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, to switch gears again, uh, we had the World Juniors end in a pretty crazy manner. Uh, Canada tops Finland in overtime. Don't remember the final score on that. I apologize for not being the stat guy here. Three but, two. Okay. Say I don't really think that matters because the talk of the tournament essentially was Mason McTavish Once saving the game for Team Canada. And by God, I am not Canadian, but I was fucking hyped when I saw. Holy that. fuck! I mean, I mean, my God, one of the one of the wildest plays I've ever seen in I, hockey. Period. I'm, I mean, just one of the wildest sequences ever. You know, he's he's responsible for the turnover that causes that in the first place. And then he essentially bails his own ass out. Yeah. And to do what he did to bail his own ass out is, is just completely otherworldly. He's completely behind the goalie. And, and I think they interviewed him not, they interviewed him after the game. He was even like, I don't know why the hell I was behind the goalie in the first place, but he's like, yeah. he's like, it almost, he's it like almost looked like he stepped on the puck. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, I mean, geez, you got the, you have a wide open net. You have a whole ass shot coming in. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick up on that. And in the same motion, put a stick up, be able to knock that puck down out of midair and not just anywhere in midair, directly over the goal line, straight down to lay flat on the goal line. And then all in one motion, clear it out and flick it off into the corner. I mean, I mean, that was with everything that was with everything that was, that was at stake and how it kind of essentially led to Ken Johnson going back the other way and scoring the OT winner. Yeah. Like 10 seconds later. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, holy shit. Like one of the fuck, I mean, talk about, I mean, I think somebody tweeted it to talk about a fucking Canadian heritage moment. Like, Oh my God. <laughs> I watched <laughs> that replay yeah. like 10 times. That's just crazy how he was able to, to bat it out of midair like that. And then have the time and patience to not only sweep the puck once, but twice. Cause he missed it the first time mm-hmm. yeah, when he was trying jammed, to sweep it out of the crease. And he jammed it on the post. Yeah. Like he almost like the, the follow through of him trying to scoop it out hits the post the first time. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. he like jams it along the post to actually get it out. And then it's so crazy. And then, and then you also have Connor Bedard right next to him coming in, like flinging a stick, trying to get it out. And you're like, <laughs> fuck, you're like, you're going to knock it. You're like, fuck, you're going to knock it in. Yeah, I yeah. like how the one finish player already had his arms up. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. Cra- that was crazy. Yeah, I got, I got, I got pretty, I got pretty hyped up for that. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Lou? Did you get pretty hyped over there? Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we gotta, cool. Ch- we gotta check on you, buddy. We're just, we're just making sure you're still here. Um, I'm still here, man. <laughs> <laughs> Soaring across the cosmos. <laughs> I feel like the the thing it's so much not getting overlooked, but like 
him batting it out of the air is kind of one of those moves that guys work on all of the time. Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. on the opposite side of it, you're batting it out of the air and you're trying to hit it down to score. You're not trying to knock it like the fact yeah. that he, he was able to knock it down to deflect it to change the direction. Yeah. And not because I mean, a hunt, like nine out of 10 times it hits your stick and it goes the op, it goes a completely opposite direction and goes in. But the mm-hmm. fact that it hit it right, like just the right angle to knock straight down, it's just it adds to the just magic of the play. Which yeah, one of the one straight up again, one of the craziest fucking plays I've ever seen in my life. But uh, on top of that, you know, he wins the MVP, which I think was a no brainer. Guy had seventeen points close. in the tournament and mm-hmm. was up there with. Yeah, some guy named Wayne Gretzky and Eric Lindros for the record. No in, idea uh, who world, they are. World Juniors history. So I, I think that might be good. I, I may need somebody who knows stats to check that for me and yeah. confirm. That is, some, that is some pretty damn good company. <laughs> that is some pretty damn good company to be involved. And he's our player. He is ours. Yeah. We have said yeah. it many times. He He is a duck, so... Shout out, shout out Callie Klang winning bronze too with Sweden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, he got, him. He got farther the, than Team yeah. USA, so. Yeah, we Sad. don't. We're not <laughs> talking about them. At least Another... Pastajov and Moore got at least a couple points each. <laughs> that was horrible, man. Yeah. Well, well, hey, I mean, if Team USA was going to lay a dud, I think, <laughs> with the tournament McTavish and Zellweger had, I mean, I think mm-hmm. I'm all right with that. <laughs> yeah. Zegers got his last year. We... We had the great run last year. Let let McTavish and Zellweger have their moment this year. I'm around yeah. it. Well, the bronze is just the first of many wins for the Clang Gang. So you know, <laughs> we can celebrate. We can celebrate. You know, when he's winning an AHL championship this year <laughs> with a with the San Diego goals. Get some shirts going. The Clang Gang. Well. Yeah. On top of the news of Mason McTavish winning MVP, which I don't even, I don't even know why I called it news. It was just kind of a fact of life, just because <laughs> how good he was. But uh, him and Trevor Zegers make history as the first back-to-back prospects from the same team to win an MVP at the World Juniors. And according to our good friend uh, Tyler from uh, last week's episode, if you haven't watched, shameless plug. Um, it makes the Ducks the only franchise to have three World Junior MVPs in franchise history. Can you guys name who the other one was? John Gibson. Jonathan Gladden. 13, 13, 14? Yes. Yeah. 2013. Yeah. Yep, there we go. That good Shout out, Gibby. Future, uh, no, I'm not going to do it to Lou this episode. He's already <laughs> on a different planet. Yeah. No, go ahead. I don't care. You're going to make him come back and blow up Earth. <laughs> it's okay, buddy. I'll let you have fun over there. What? <laughs> oh, some final notes. Uh, you know, Mason McTavish is 17 points. Uh, he had eight goals, nine assists, and was a plus 13 on the tournament. No, we uh, don't hold plus minus in high regard like we do X-Dog or X-Grit, but... <laughs> It is worth mentioning just because it is so high. 
you know, if he was a plus one or a plus two, it wouldn't even be worth saying, but plus 13 is fucking ridiculous in a tournament that it's had so fucking, few games. And then, and then, and then Zellweger is a defenseman even, even more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus 14. Two goals, nine assists for 11 points for Zellweger. Plus 14 easily, on the easily tournament. Easily the best defenseman in the tournament. I don't know how the fuck he didn't win a defenseman of the tournament. I think I thought that was a bit of a travesty. Yeah, but he got I named. Mean, yeah, he got whatever. named to what the second team like all star all star team or whatever. Yeah. Okay, which is McTavish fine, is on the first team. The fucking damn award. They both earned it. Come on. <laughs> Two of Canada's best players. Say so it kind of. Uh, Caleb asked us in the Discord today. Uh, for one of our listener questions of a prospect that we're looking forward to. And I was going to hold off on asking it just because we did have a lot lined up at the end, but if you don't say Olin Zellweger, <laughs> I, I think we're all wrong here because yeah, the fact that he fell to us in last year's draft is just crazy considering what was it? I think it was, Cam Robinson said if he was like a couple days younger, he wouldn't have been eligible or something like that. And he, he would have been eat- in this past year's draft, and he probably without a shadow of a doubt would have been a top five pick. Yep. Exactly. Like the fact that his parents had sex and he came out a little uh well earlier than expected, you know. <laughs> we got blessed enough. So blessed. Yeah. It's fate written in the stars. Shout out Ellen Zellweger's parents. <laughs> so there goes all credibility we got for having a proper interview last week yep but hey we're we're in a spicy mood tonight well it's not it's not on the same episode it's fine yeah i it would have been a problem if we had that before before interviewing tyler i was trying to look up uh how gaucher did apparently he had two points yeah i mean yeah i mean i mean he had a pretty good tournament he had a couple pretty decent assists i saw um he was on their third line too, so that's not bad. Yeah, third, fourth line. You know, there were there were a couple games they ran, um, they ran with uh, thirteen forwards, um, mm-hmm. and they kind of he kind of dropped down as that thirteenth forward. But I mean, I mean, you know, I I mentioned it on last week's podcast. You know, he's not really an elder statesman on that team. You know, he's kind of just kind of playing that third, fourth line role. But yeah, I mean, from what I saw out of Nathan Gauthier, he was he was holding his own, doing a job there. So. Yeah, we'll see how he does in camp here in a couple of weeks, and we'll see if he can maybe earn himself a nice little look. Because I think, like I, mean, was... I mean, I think it's obvious. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious McTavish is going to make the team, and I know there's a whole debate going on on Twitter yesterday. I don't even know if I want to mm, dive into that because I it's, would leave that. It was just so. It was just so <laughs> fucking ridiculous to suggest that McTavish is not ready for the NHL yet, but. Um. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it's obvious Zellweger's going to get a look. Um, you know, I'd be, I'd be shocked if he didn't at least get, um, you know, you know, the nine game look and then, and then get sent right back to junior. But, you know, I mean, I mean, shit, who knows with Gosha? You know, those bottom three lines are kind of, are kind of wide open, and you know, you never know what happens with, with what happens in camp, you know, or in preseason. You know, guys can get hurt. You know, guys can be out for a little bit. You know, certain guys maybe not ready to start the season. So you never know. Yeah, you never really know. I'd be, I'd be all for it. I'm all let the kids play. So I'm, I'm so excited for Zegers and McTavish, like one, two down the middle. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it's going to make the transition from no gets off a little easier. And yeah. it's, it's going to be, it's going to be different. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that 
it's gonna make us forget that Getzloff existed like or anything. Wing though. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, like even if they do put him on the wing to start again, that's fine. Yeah, he's pr- more than likely not going to be a winger long term. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. there's you want to start him out there to get him some looks. I mean, sure. They did that with Zegers, he, too. Put it this way: I'd rather he be on the wing so he can play in the top six instead of playing third line center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. I'd want to, you know, have him play with Zegers and, or even if you play with like Henry's wing, have him have him play on. St- have him play on Strom's wing, you know, whatever, whatever yeah. they want to do. If they want to run McTavish, Strom, Vetrano, that'd be cool. Yeah. If they want to run McTavish, Zegers, Terry, how fun would that be on the top line? That'd be that'd so be, much fun. That'd be yes. pretty hot. There's, yeah. a, there's, a, there's a lot, there's a lot more combinations of the top nine than I think we really realize. So I'll be, I'll be, I mean, I know we kind of harp on Eakins, you know, for his, um, you know, for his lineup construction and stuff like that but i'll be i'll be i'll be very curious to see kind of kind of you know the different line combinations we see throughout training camp or that we see throughout the first couple of preseason games that'll you yeah. know ultimately lead to what we get on opening night but you know it's it's yeah there's just there's just so many different things you can do with guys like mctavish and guys like you know now you know adding stroman vetrano into the mix you know you you have you know, a little bit more flexibility. You would think adding more guys would mean it's less flexible, but I think it really isn't because it allows you to do more with McTavish. Mm-hmm. It allows you to do more with, you know, if I guess, you know, if you do want to bump Lundestrom down to the fourth line center, I would be okay with that. So you give McTavish the third line center role. If you really do want to start him out and center right away. Again, I just think if he's going to be on the team for this year, for his first full season, I wouldn't hate him on the wing just so he can get top six minutes, but I mean, it's there's mm-hmm. there's a lot you can do here. I'd kind of like to see him with uh, Comtois even for a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, just to see what happens. Mm-hmm. As long as Dallas Eakins doesn't have the baby gloves on and <laughs> tries to Which... shelter him, because I think that's the. I mean, it kind of goes to the fact. Go back to what we're trying to avoid talking about the the discussion on Twitter yesterday. I think the big thing is there's a sect of people that believe that he doesn't so much need to be sheltered uh, by any means because he's a lunatic and he needs very, the challenge. He's very and... persistent on the ice. Like he's not just a guy that goes out there and dogs it for a shift. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's a kid that cares about, playing this game he knows he's good he knows he's talented and you know he's going to prove that he's talented but he needs challenge and i kind of feel like we're gonna see a little bit of the dallas eakins you know oh no he needs to be down in the lineup so big scary guys don't hurt him but (laughs) it wouldn't be beneficial to have him playing that way i would rather him play you know top six like connor's mm-hmm. been saying even top nine even, wouldn't, yeah top even nine wouldn't be terrible exactly even even if he's kind of given the dallas akins you know handcuffs you know for the first little bit of the season that is still going to be way more beneficial to mason mctavish at this point in his career and at this point in his development than going back to junior for another year putting up a million points, playing against even younger competition than he was this year, even smaller guys. 
Uh, and just and just not being challenged whatsoever. I don't understand this notion that people were trying to suggest yesterday that, oh, are we sure he's ready? Are we sure he's ready? We haven't seen him play a full season at the NHL yet. When the fuck does like when does that start? Like, we haven't seen him play a full year at the NHL. OK, so make that happen. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, he got sent back last year. You know, maybe he probably wasn't ready last year, but that was that was last year. Somebody's argument says, oh, well, they played him in the NHL last year and he and, and he got sent back after nine games. Yes, that was a year ago. Mm-hmm. And you and can already tell he did. dominated yeah. in the OHL, won the Ontario Hockey League championship, dragged the fucking Hamilton Bulldogs all the way to the all the way to the Memorial Cup final. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. they didn't win. But and then we saw what he just did right now puts on one of the greatest world juniors performances out of any player that we have ever seen. I mean, it, and I mean, in talks of, you know, we mentioned it earlier, you know, doing things that guys like Gretzky and Lindros did mm-hmm. when they were in junior. I mean, I, I mean, that's, I just, I don't understand how people are just so hell bent on not just giving the kids a chance and they're like, Oh, well, it's a rebuild. It's a rebuild. Why, 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 why? That's the whole point. The whole, yeah. you let your younger guys play. You, you let the young inexperienced guys get the challenge and see what it's like up at the NHL level. And if anybody thinks that McTavish is not ready for the NHL, I just, I, 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 I implore you to say why other than given the bullshit reason of, we haven't seen him do it yet. Well, he needs to be given the chance. And there's just no way. Just... There's no way they're paying attention because you can tell how he and played even when he last was up season. His nine games, he did fine. Yeah, he did fine, he did and you fine. can tell. The plan was probably to send him back regardless, anyway. Yeah. Oh, like, for sure. And then you can uh. tell just from those nine games to how he's been playing now. I know it's not NHL level, but you can tell that he's he's mm-hmm. different. Yes, he's definitely he more somebody... ready. And if you are somebody who, if you are on the train that is arguing that McTavish is not ready yet and that he shouldn't be playing this full year in the NHL, and you also, in your defense, even mention Nick Ritchie's name, I automatically do not take your argument seriously. It is a Get complete. It's a complete. <laughs> it, it it's it's just a lazy argument to continue to compare McTavish and Richie two completely different players two completely different skill sets. McTavish is 10 times the player that Nick Richie is. And that's not hard to see. It's just a lazy argument just to shit on whatever, whatever discrepancies you may have that are still attached to the Bob Murray regime. And rightfully so a lot of those discrepancies are very valid, but I just, (laughs) Well, they do wear the same number. I I was about to blow a fucking gasket yesterday. Everyone's like, oh, they're both, they were both big forwards taken when they were smaller skill guys left. It's so, fuck, so what? Mm -hmm. Richie is not like, and and they're not even the same. Everyone's always like, oh, they're the same size. No, they're not. Nick Richie's like two or three inches bigger than him. Yeah. I don't, I'm I'm not going to go anymore. I'm not going to go anymore on it, but I was. Oh, when they play here. When I was they, about when to blow come fucking, here. Yeah. I was about I'll to blow to a fucking basket yesterday, but it's just, <laughs> it's just complete asinine to suggest that he's not ready. And then just in, incredibly lazy and unknowledgeable argument to then throw Nick Ritchie's name in there. As <laughs> Nick Ritchie well, never did what Mason McTavish did. Mason McTavish was better in every level that he played in his 
D minus one year in his draft year in his D plus one year better than anything Nick Ritchie ever did. Nick Ritchie never put on a performance at the world juniors like we just saw ever. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I don't want to hear the name Nick Ritchie compared to Mason McTavish ever again. It's not fair to McTavish. It's frankly an insult to him. I think to how good he is. Well, it sucks because when the ducks come out here and play the coyotes, I'm going to, I'm going to mix them up all the time because they're just exactly the same person. Yeah. (laughs) it's gonna be tough man it's gonna be so tough i'm just surprised at how how much i still like how much we didn't know at least me and jake i remember didn't know about mctavish at all when he was drafted i you know i i kind of not so much shit on the pick when it happened but that was also the year when there were so many guys that everyone had it was kind of like this year you're like a lot of guys were slotted so many different ways because mm-hmm. the last two years haven't so much been a toss up, but you had his draft year was the COVID year. You know, everyone was yeah. at home. Not a lot of guys got to play. And at the time it was a Bob Murray pick. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone saw a big center and goes, Oh, okay. You know, that's, that's par for the course with Bob Murray. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I almost feel like it's hypocritical to sit back and, in the same vein, say, oh, well, that's so a Murray pick, but then also praise the work that Martin Madden's done. Because <laughs> there's kind of this weird mix of, well, Murray's the guy that gets to go up there and announce who gets picked. But it's really Martin Madden who's making all these draft choices because he has the scouts. He has the he goes and he watches the guys. Not not to say that GMs don't do that because GMs do go help with scouting and stuff. Like, yeah. especially around draft time. Like, I'm not denying that, but it's like there was always kind of a focus of, well, shit, this is a Bob Murray pick. You know, at the end of the day, he's the guy announcing it, not so much the guy that had the most influence on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, you see yeah, guys I mean, that. Yeah, like he's, he's definitely he he's definitely making the final call or however you want to put it but i mean you, you gotta remember the entire time i mean from what we understand and from you know from what we've heard within the ducks organization was these are these are martin madden drafts now like i know i know the nick i know the nick richie year you know things came out but that was a bob murray decision yeah like and that was confirmed as to what happened bob murray was like not hearing anything else he wanted nick richie so mm-hmm. that that can be put on bob murray and that's fine but yeah, I mean, I mean, and it wasn't even, I know it was a little bit less of a crapshoot than, um, than, you know, that first part of the first round. Um, I just, I just totally word saladed that. Um, I know it, it, last year's draft was less of a crapshoot in terms of, you know, the first couple of picks of the draft. You know, as we saw with this year, it kind of could have gone anywhere after the first, you know, four or five picks. Yeah. But like, okay, like, it's like he was right there in the top 10 the whole time anyway. Like, it's not like he was this back half of the first round pick. Like he was, yeah, you know, we were getting mocked to guys like William Eklund and Simon Edvinson and Dylan Gunther. All all those guys went in the top 10 as well. And McTavish was getting mocked like two or three picks later from us. So it's not like it was this huge, gigantic reach in the first place. Mm-hmm. It was just weird to hear at first because we hadn't, I don't think I saw a mock I don't think I saw us got mocked to him last year. The entire like it, it was all. like so it was it just was... it was just weird. It was a shock because we weren't expecting it. But yeah, 
Yeah, like people were saying, oh, he's Tom Wilson. No, he's not. Tom Wilson. He's <laughs> no, he's not. Like what? It but it takes a very it takes five minutes of walk, pulling up his highlights on YouTube when he gets drafted to see that that's not what he is mm-hmm. at all. At all. Like, it's just such a lazy argument, and it's just a refusal to understand evaluation and understand player differences. You just you just see their size and that they're Canadian, and you go, oh, well, it's the same player. Like, just <laughs> let's be smarter than that. Come on. Mm-hmm. Let's, well, have, like, let's have some good, like, it's, it's not arguing in good faith if you're just going to make lazy comparisons like that. Yeah. Well, like where we're starting to go with it is like you can't you can't on one end say, oh, it it's a Murray pick, but then praise Madden for the rest of the draft. Exactly. Because yeah. it's a team effort at the end of the day. Like I said, yeah. they have a whole scouting team that goes out and sees these guys play. You know, they do mock-ups of different scenarios in case guys get picked in the spot that you're hoping they fall to. Like that's that is a group effort, and it's very hypocritical to be like, oh well, you know, you know, fuck Murray for making that pick, but you know, we got Olin Zellweger later in the draft. That's such a Martin Madden thing. It's so great, <laughs> yeah. you know. Like it's just very weird to kind of throw blame one way or the other, and just be like, oh well, shit, you know, that was that was so a Murray thing. Yeah, and like like Connor said, you know, yeah, you can go back to the Richie draft and say, you know, God damn it, like why did he do that? Especially with the talent that was in that draft, mm-hmm. like, and especially that it was, as I said earlier, it was confirmed later on that Bob Murray stepped in and just he just had this hard on for Nick Richie, and as the GM, you do make the final call. And I think what gets lost, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, you know. You had Canadians fans this year that weren't exactly fans of Slavkovsky when he was drafted. Everyone wanted Shane Wright. He had been consensus number one for the full year. But it's like what happens every year with the draft is every team, especially the first round, unless you're you know the team that just won the cup and you have, you know, even if you have your pick. But it's like if you're those lottery teams, there's always going to be kind of a, a shocker, like an element of surprise. And every fan base has like that white hot, like initial reaction. And it takes a little learning about the person before people come around to the idea of the choice. And yeah. it's kind of the fun of the draft too, is you do have teams that go off the board and pick guys that you don't think would go the mm-hmm. spot they went. And you know, McTavish was one of those picks in my eyes. You know, like you said, he wasn't really drafted or he wasn't mocked in drafts to us at all. Mm-hmm. And if he was, you know, it was maybe like one guy who said it all season. But like to see where we're at now with it, it's like there clearly was a need for a player like Mason McTavish on this team. Yeah. And they addressed it. And we're just reaping the rewards of believing in this talent that they put the time and effort into scouting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's not like they go up and they have a dartboard and the offices at Honda center, <laughs> just with everybody's you know name on the, on the end of it, whoever gets close to the bullseyes, the guy they pick, like, yeah, they start these things so far in advance and, you know, guys on the scouting teams are out all season doing this, looking up guys that, you know, are either projected to go or guys that 
are available or eligible for the draft. Like it's not just a random thing. <laughs> it like there's effort that gets put into things like this. Yep. Oh, he has, he has a cool name. Yeah, you know. I like I like his last name. Yeah, it's not like when we were kids and you go to the toy store and you know <laughs> see the cool Lego set with with the dinosaur in it and be like, oh shit, yeah, I need that one, mom. Give me that. <laughs> like, there's effort and time and preparation that goes into stuff like this, and it's like you know, like I said, we're we're seeing the rewards and the payoff of drafting a talent like Mason McTavish, and you know teams aren't always lucky like this like for every mason mctavish there's there's a nick ritchie out there um (laughs) and every team has them it's not to say every team's perfect at drafting because there's some teams that draft busts it just happens there is zero team in history that has ever hit on every single draft pick ever every single first round pick ever there just isn't that doesn't that doesn't happen yeah it sucks and it's frustrating when it does happen but to suggest that the the right yeah in hindsight the right pick could have been made every single time but it just it's it's a crapshoot of the draft man well before we argue about this well we're not really arguing but before we passionately (laughs) talk venting about people venting about the fuck on twitter I was going to say stupid people on Twitter, but I don't want to put it that way. Jake just wants us to fight. I am all about chaos. I'm going after low. (laughs) Going in low. Well, to transition to the the back half of our episodes, like we like to do uh, our Hockey 365 question of the week. Uh, If you don't follow him already, please do. He... uh, big supporter like we always say every week um but this week he asks us uh he says we're coming up to the six-year anniversary of the world cup of hockey is there a beneficial solution to a lack of best on best international tournaments that both the players and the owners and or teams could benefit from i felt this was a good topic this week with world juniors ending because like we kind of poked fun at last week um the attendance wasn't so great up until the last couple games and yeah. granted it helps that Canada was in the final. So it was a jam packed house for the gold medal game, but they just priced everybody out, man. It's yeah. Yeah. That was a big, that was a big issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but how, how do you guys feel about what, what do you think are some solutions to having a world cup of hockey olympic-esque tournament i think it's i think it's just down to having a consistent tournament that is played in the same in the same you know in the same time frame you know yeah. every two years every three years whatever like you just you need that consistency to build the fan base and to build the attraction towards that tournament i know mm-hmm. i know i love international tournaments like that i i love the world juniors yeah, I love tournaments like that when guys get to go play for their country and represent something more than just like you know their NHL team. And I know other players love doing that as well. I I, I love seeing that sort of competition, but you know as we've seen the last couple of times at the Olympics, if that's going to be an uncertainty every four years when the Winter Olympics come around and the NHL is always going to try to 
you know, not have their players go over out of fear of losing out, you know, out of fear of losing star players to injury, then they need to kind of put together their own thing like the, like they did with the World Cup of Hockey. I'm, I mean, God, what was that now? Like six, seven years ago? Six, yeah, it was 2016. Six yeah. years ago? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. you need you need something more than every six years or doing it randomly or it's like, okay, every six years. Oh, okay. Then we'll, we'll do this one in two years. Okay. And then the next one in four, like, yeah, you need the consistency. Like if you're going to bow out of the Olympics altogether, just do it, but then implement the world cup of hockey every three, every four years. Yeah. You and need I, that consistency to build up excitement and to build up expectation for a tournament like that. Yeah. I'd love to see it. I would love to see it, but they need to do it on a consistent basis. Yeah, that's the main thing is consistency with it. But because uh, what I've read, I, this was a while ago, so I don't know if anything's changed. But I know, I know they talked about having the World Cup back come back in twenty twenty four, and they were talking about doing it in February instead of the last World Cup in twenty sixteen. I think was in September, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, before the season. So. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, um, they were thinking about February and then doing it every. What was it? Every two years, I think. Yeah, do it right around like all star break time. Yeah. So then, you know, by the time the World Cup of Hockey comes, no, every it's every four. Cause then you get the you'll have the World Cup of Hockey, then you won't have to wait long and you'll have Olympic hockey. And then another two years you have the World Cup and then on and on and on. So I kind of hope they do that where every two years we're getting either Olympic hockey or the World Cup. And I kind of I don't know, I think I like the World Cup more than the Olympics. I don't know why. I just the 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 one they put on in 2016 was so much fun. Um they just need to get more countries involved. <laughs> I know that, you know, a lot of countries don't play hockey and they don't have a team really that could probably that's worth putting out there against like a, a Canada or the US or Russia, Finland, Sweden, all that. But um I mean team North America was cool. <laughs> but uh I think to take like a team North America spot, you, you do like an all rookie team. Like if yeah. someone's not going to go and represent their country, have like, you know, under another under 23 and maybe not have it like team North America, but like have something like that for guys that aren't going to crack a team USA or team Canada. Yeah. Something. Yeah. I also kind of feel like in the same, in the same vein, you have to, I mean, I don't think this is going to be controversial or anything, but like you have to let Russia participate. Um, I know the hot button issue with the world juniors and with the Olympics was because of all the stuff going on with, you know, the conflict in, in the Ukraine and all of that. And that's understandable. Like, mm-hmm. uh. yeah, I totally get that, but I kind of feel like if this is going to be something that you're going to, especially have your NHL talent play and you have to, you have to let, countries participate um yeah and again it's kind of a different scenario um you know a, a pretty bloody war definitely is something that's going to make people you know feel a certain way about a nation you know mm-hmm. that were you know something like that were to be going on at the same time but I don't know. I, I just kind of feel like, like you said, there's not a lot of teams outside of the normal, you know, kind of big countries that play hockey mm-hmm. that really could feel the team. Like you may be able to have like a team Germany, Germany. But, yeah. But even then, like, it's very, very like 
it would be very slim. It would be Leon Dreisaitl and, you know, couple guys <laughs> and then just a bunch of filler. Um, Leon Dreisaitl and a hey, bunch res- of non-Leon Dreisaitl. Okay, hey, hey, let's respect Tim Stutzler here. Come on. <laughs> true, true. That's true, that's true. <laughs> hey, again, we're the Vibes podcast, Connor. We're not the, like, deep thorough discussion podcast yeah simmer down (laughs) no but i also read that they're they might do like a um like a world cup qualifier type thing for like other nations oh that'd be fun that's what i've yeah that's what i read hopefully like get teams like austria and Belarus. yeah like uh, slovenia or something or it'd be cool to have the uk part of something like this but like italy maybe or something like that. italy yeah could be fun because if you have Poland, teams maybe? that don't don't go to the Olympics, you can be like, hey, if you're not planning on competing, have your team compete in this, and we can yeah. kind of show we can showcase your talent a mm-hmm. little bit better. Um, yeah, because I know, I mean, the World Cup of Hockey pretty much was all NHL talent. Yeah. Um, so it would be a little hard, um, you know, unless you have players that are going going to want to claim Italian descent to play for Team Italy. Yeah. <laughs> But like, you know, it, it would be a good way, like, you know, the perfect example was like what the rain did a couple of years when they had Ice Bear in Berlin come and play against the rain. Yeah. Granted, that was a thing because AEG owns both teams. Mm-hmm. But like that, that's the most fun I've ever had at a hockey game. Like the German fans really like brought yeah, the energy like soccer and- supporters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they had they had the whole the whole band in like one section on the stage it had drums and they're doing chants and you know all the rain fans are just sitting around kind of like what the fuck is going on (laughs) here but like doing things like that where you're bringing in teams from other countries and you're showcasing their talent granted that also is a different scenario because they have imports and guys that yeah you know like they had sean backman on on berlin's team and he was a rain player for the longest time So you have guys that are going to be from different countries, but you know, if that guy wants to say, Hey, like I've been playing for this team for X amount of years, I have citizenship there or have a visa to work. I want to represent them in this competition. Like that would be cool. I, I, I think that would be really cool. So I think opening that tournament up to be more than just NHL talent. Yeah. Would be beneficial because you could have more participation, but I, don't think that's something that owners would go for because do you want some guy that's playing in you know the shl or you know another league injuring your guy you know yeah who's you know beneficial to your team i could see there being reserves about that but i also feel like if it's just kind of a tournament to be like hey bring your best showcase what your game's all about you're not going to have guys that are going to be like, oh, I need to run somebody to prove that I'm good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I know the risk with all that, too, is, you know, I'm, I'm sure because, you know, the World Cup of Hockey is always it's, you know, the NHL puts it on, not like the Olympics where it's the double IHF. So yeah. I know the NHL probably wouldn't want to have too many games that are very one sided, you know? Yeah. Um, Because, I mean, can you imagine Canada going up against like Slovenia? Or, or say a team like Great Britain got in. Can you imagine something like that? Like it'd be like fifteen nothing. They'd have Liam yeah. Kirk out there, which would be amazing. I'd love to see Liam Kirk, but 
you know, that's it. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of a weird position because it's like, we want tournaments and we want things like that to kind of make off seasons or, you know, downtime during the season a little more interesting yeah but you also have to be realistic about it and knowing how how the nhl is and how owners are it just kind of feels like one of those things where if it's not kind of a set in stone we can send our guys to go just play for their home countries Mm -hmm. it just feels very it feels very hard to do because then at that point, it's almost like having to create an entirely different tournament. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like if you're having Mm -hmm. to bend and change rules so much just to make all these extra accommodations, it just kind of feels like, yeah, I don't know for a league that is very, they're very reserved when it comes to stepping out of the boundaries of what they're comfortable with doing it seems like it would have to really, really impress and be a fun thing for everybody for them to want to do it again. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we're lucky that winter classics have hung on as much as they have. Um, I really enjoy them. I know people complain every year. Oh, I'm done with outdoor games and all that, but I don't know. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I I still enjoy every single one. I mean, like the They're, Tahoe games were interesting. That was cool. That was cool. They were I cool. Like the crazy when, locations ones, but to have like it gets watered down when you have six different stadium games a year. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. The Hurricanes have a stadium series this coming season. Yeah, I think they're playing the Capitals, and it's really cool because the they're playing at the NC State football stadium. And it's literally right across the parking lot from their arena. So yeah. that'll be cool. Mm-hmm. But like back on the um world cup stuff um how many teams do you think we could get max like if you because you'd have the u.s canada russia uh finland sweden that's five and then they had the two other ones were you know the the other two were team north america and team europe right yeah 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 oh i didn't say russia so russia would be six and then Say Slovakia and Czech Republic were at eight. The Swiss would be nine. Do you say Sweden? Yeah. Who am I not thinking of? Oh, Germany. Germany could be the tenth. So you could probably get ten. And then may I mean I don't know if they wanted I, I I think when I read the article they said they were thinking between eight, eight to twelve teams and like eight being already in, and then the other four would be part of that. Um like playing around yeah like the qualifiers or something like that i mean it's not a terrible idea it's just like we said there's a lot of factors that go into would this be worthwhile for the league to want to do (laughs) yeah and like i said we do we know how hard-headed gary bettman is when it comes to stuff like this you know (laughs) he's not exactly a fan of fun um yeah, that little freak. It it sucks because it's like the 2016 one was such a fun thing. It was such a fun tournament that it's like you want things like that to happen more consistently. But it's like at the same time, it just has to be realistic. And yeah. it just kind of feels like it was a unicorn. 
Like it was just like the right circumstances. You know, it was a showcase. Like I looked up uh, an article just now that was like the finalized roster and it had the list of teams and like the marketing for it in the article was like, oh, well, the tournament's going to feature talents like Austin Matthews and Patrick Line who are posed to go top, you know, yeah, top picks in the draft. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it was cool having guys that weren't drafted yet being a part of those teams as like, hey, these guys are going to be the next, you know, the next ones up. Yeah. You know, they're going to be playing against, they're playing against and with guys that they grew up watching. Like, that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it just feels like it, it's kind of a pipe dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, on the bench with Beeks said uh, Latvia. I totally forgot about Latvia. But anyway, <laughs> let's shout them out as well. They just joined uh, on the bench with Beeks, just joined the hockey focus today. Hell yeah. So they have another, we got another podcast in the family. So that's fun. Another brother. Yep. Let's go. And uh, hell I think yeah, they're, brother. They're in Colorado. So I'm guessing most of them, if not all, are abs fans, maybe. So congrats if they are. So. Yep, congrats on that. And uh, you know, we can't say anything because they just destroy us all the time. So <laughs> it's no fun. Hey, we, ever. Get, we get that one win every couple years. <laughs> yeah. We shock just, them just a little. We'll just forget about those uh those like eight to one games. Exactly. Never well, happened. Um, <laughs> well, do you guys have any final thoughts? on our uh hockey 365 topic of the week i know we started kind of hot but kind of kind of transitioned to some doom and gloom there (laughs) anything lou no no i was gonna say did you guys did you guys see the um projected forward lines for the ducks from nhl network those are those are never right anyway. I know. Well, it's NHL network too. You know, they even like someone pointed out, I forgot who it was on Twitter. I didn't even notice it at first, but they don't even have the right numbers for for uh Terry and Oh, they don't. I didn't even notice that. They had McTavish as a blank number. They had Yeah, Terry 61 still yeah. on their thing. Oh but yeah, God, so the know. top line is <laughs> is is Zegris with Henrik and Terry. Second bad. line is Strom with McTavish and Vetrano. That'd be, you know, we already talked about that. that. I would not hate that. Uh, third line is Lundestrom with Comtois and Silverberg. And then the fourth line is Grant so with Jones and Carrick. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it sounds about right, you know. Yeah. To go back to our rant from earlier, I swear to God. If Mason McTavish has to play next to Derek Grant at any point this year, oh, you know, oh, you know, I may, uh, I may just have to go lay in traffic. I may have, yeah. have to lay in a parking spot somewhere and just hope someone doesn't see me. I might oh, have to turn the coming. game off. You know, it's probably coming at some point. But as we stated, as we stated, he's still going to get NHL minutes playing against men in the NHL. That's better than him going back to junior. I don't, I don't yeah. care which way you want to, which way you want to <laughs> spend it. He's, even if he is playing with Derek Grant, whatever. <laughs> It's better. It's, it's it's better than him going back to junior playing against fucking sixteen year olds. And he'll be out there with Grant, and like Grant will get like the most uh, Doug Glatt goal with the puck going off his butt, and then we're stuck with McTavish and Grant for the Just rest. More of the Derek because he's <laughs> poaching 
Well, well, speaking of our favorite player, Derek Grant, uh, it's time we get into some listener questions and uh, starting us off uh, from Double K Surf on Twitter. uh, He asks us to kind of look at the opposite side of the coin, you know, with the power play, getting some some good boosts from uh, John Klingberg signing and uh, having a full year of another full year of Zegris and a full year of Zegris and McTavish. Um, He wants us to look at the other side of the coin and take a look at what we think our PK is going to look like for the season, because as P says, it seems like a lot of yikes right now. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think, I think the first thing I wanted to say about this was, you know, we, we, we finally don't have Nick Deloria here to get thrown out on the PK anymore. I mean, unfortunately I, you can probably expect Derek Grant to get thrown out there because Dallas Aikens just thinks that Derek Grant is this golden utility tool that can do it all at both ends of the ice. And we know none of that's true, but I mean, unfortunately probably something to expect, but the other three forwards, I mean, I mean, probably Isaac Lundestrom, probably Adam Henrique. And then finally, you should get a chance is Troy Terry. Yeah. Troy Terry's defensive metrics last year were very good some of the best on the team. It was not used on the panel on, on, on the PK virtually at all. So I think, you know, you know, you throw Grant with, with Terry, or you throw Henrique in the center with Terry or lunch or however, however you want to position it. Yeah. And Terry PK would be really good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then you have something a little bit better than Grant and Delorier mm-hmm. on, on a PK or but yeah, if you Getzloff do Henrique. and Delorier, you know, I mean, I mean, I know Getzloff is fine, but, and then, and then on the defensive end, you know, we can probably assume John Klingberg is not going to be on the PK. I'd assume Drysdale is probably not going to be on the PK either. Maybe Shattenkirk, but then, you know, I mean, definitely Fowler, definitely Simone Benoit, definitely Euro Vakaninen. I think yeah. those three are, I mean, the fourth defenseman is a little more up for grabs, I think, like I said. Probably the, Drysdale more than unit. anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably Drysdale or Shattenkirk. I don't think it's going to be John Klingberg, but yeah, I, it's not going to be this blow your socks off penalty kill units, but I, I think it's going to be, it, sh- it should be, at least from a forward standpoint, I know the defense, you know, we're losing Manson and Lindholm. It's going to look a little bit more rough in the defensive aspect, but at least from the penalty kill forwards, I think they mm-hmm. can be optimized a little bit better this year compared to last year, because one of, you know, we saw one of Aiken's tools get taken away <laughs> in Nick Delorier. So yeah, that's at least one undeserving player that won't get that won't get pk time but you know i mean, I mean maybe you know i mean who knows I mean, max jones could be another one you know sam Carrick could be another one we could see get some time but um, yeah i was gonna say jones yeah for sure uh, yeah we got, we got we got options for sure but you know it'll, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see you know hopefully dallas akins is able to kind of see what troy terry can bring to the defensive side of the game you know what he's able to bring off the puck um yeah so that's that's probably the main change I would like to see from a penalty kill standpoint is seeing Troy Terry thrown out there. Yeah. I, like you said, if, if it's Henry can Terry on one PK, the other PK could be Lundestrom and like Max Jones or something. Yeah. Lundestrom has shown. And, yeah. Lundestrom has shown he can easily be on the PK. He's, he, yeah. he's gotten, how many, I feel like he got like a decent amount of uh, uh, shorthanded goals last season or in the last two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like five last year. I thought was it, was it five? He, he was up for like the league lead at some point and then yeah, he kind of disappeared. And Max Jones, I mean, he's the perfect 
penalty kill kind of guy, in, in my opinion. I Just wouldn't how- hate a unit of him and McTavish. That'd be interesting. Ooh, yeah. L- little wrecking ball line out there. McTavish would be interesting. Yeah, I don't. I I just don't see. I don't Dallas see it either. Throwing McTavish yeah, I don't see it either. On the PK, I don't. I don't see him putting. I don't see him taking the cuffs off him like that right away. But <laughs> hey, but we we can all dream here. We can all fantasize that Dallas Eakins does the right thing, or something that makes at least a little sense. Yeah. Well, also from Twitter, our pal Dalton Keys. Great Twitter follow if you don't follow him. Shout out Dalton. <laughs> but he asks, who's the better goalie, Mason McTavish or Trevor Zegris? Mm, Mason McTavish. McTavish. Mason McTavish. Like Zegris, uh, what was it, during like a, a practice or something or a morning skate, something like that. Like he, he what did he have on? He didn't have he like had, full. He had Gibson's glove and Gib- blocker on. Okay, yeah. He yeah, made a nice glove good. save, but I mean, it's not like. It's, it's not, not like what the... McTavish just did. Yeah. It was just, you know, an easy – I mean, he, he made a nice save. It was flashy. You know, it was very nice. He was very surprised by the reaction of himself. But um, <laughs> it's definitely McTavish because of yeah. the situation, the stressful situation who is in a gold medal overtime game. And to have that hand-eye coordination to knock the puck out of midair like he did. And then just, you know, be chill enough to sweep it out of the, the crease. No no panic or anything. It's, it's, it's McTavish. I will give Zegers props for uh, throwing a nice windmill. Yeah, it was nice. Because that's all that matters. Yeah. <gasps> if you catch it, you got to windmill it. So, yeah. Yeah. Style points for Zegers, but yeah, I agree. Um, it's a little practice is a little different than uh, saving <laughs> saving a gold medal game. <laughs> saving in the World Junior. The Golden Championship. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Well, from the Discord, FCO asks us, who are we rooting for during the football season? So I'm pretty sure three of us are happy with our choices, and Chris is the only one kind of kind of depressed about his. But uh, yep. I'll, let, I'll let you start, Chris. We'll let you talk about the Bears. Chris, we'll give you one chance before week one and before the next episode before week one. You can claim bills if you want to. I don't want to, do but I can't, ditch, do I can't ditch the Bears completely. I still, yeah. I like, you know, it's Bears I and Bills. It. I respect it. I respect it. <laughs> it's Bears and Bills. When If they play each other, I don't know, Bears. You, but like, hope every, you hope everyone has fun? Yeah, maybe they tie, you know? You know NFL fans love ties. Um, go, to, go to Anchor Bar and get some pizza rolls. <laughs> yeah. I, I picture Chris on the the – What's the SNL skit called? Bill Swirsky's uh, The Bears. Oh, The Bears. <laughs> the Bears. Such a great skit. But yeah, Bears and Bills, and I'll even go college. Uh, I don't watch a ton of it, but um, I'll say ASU, Sun Devils, of course. And then uh, I kind of like Notre Dame. I've kind of always liked Notre Dame. Like in the sparkly gold. Sparkly gold helmets. All right, you uh, you kind of alluded to your team last week, Connor. Yeah, so I'm a I'm a Rams fan, and I'm not a new, bandwagon. not a newbie Rams fan. I'm not a bandwagon. I'm bandwagon. Raised a Rams fan. Raised a Rams fan because of my dad. Um, he was born so, and raised in St. Louis. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, my dad grew up an LA Rams fan, and then when they moved in the early '90s, he just stayed. A, 
you just remain a Rams fan. Then um, when I was born in 97, I was just raised a St. Louis Rams fan at the time. And so, yeah, I'm a Rams fan. I mean, it's definitely felt a lot easier to feel like fully 100% connected to the team now that they're back in California. But I just, I always considered myself a Rams fan growing up and um, yeah, so I'm a, I'm a Rams fan. I'm happy. Title defense starts now. And Matthew Stafford's the fucking man. It's the Bills year. Hashtag Bills year. It's my QB. I'd love to see Rams, Rams, Bills in the Super Bowl. That'd be a lot of fun. That'd be that'd well, be very stressful well, for our friend group. Well, we could we could very well see a Super Bowl preview week one because we got Rams Bills week one. Yeah. So we'll see. It's gonna be fun. Lou? How you feeling Lou? about your Raiders, Lou? Autumn uh, winner the Raider. Um Devontae Adams is going to break Randy Moss's touchdown record this year. <laughs> Derek Carr is going to show why he's a top 10 quarterback. Um, yeah, I'm feeling good until week one. When they get their ass kicked. <laughs> the fucking Raiders. Who are the so, Raiders playing? Week one? Uh, the Chargers in LA and then week two. Ooh, the Cardinals. That's, week, that's week one? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Is that a, yeah, I'm going uh, to both games. Is that a prime time game or is that like a normal start? I think they're both normal starts. Ah, damn. 125. Nah, hopefully I get it. Yeah. So are you, you still... get the Cardinal game, though. Yeah. Are you still impartial to the 49ers, Lou? Or is that just kind of... You kind of like Chris? Dad's, that's my dad's favorite tread, team. I mean, I used to... Just tread hate lightly them. with that answer, please. I used to hate the Niners, but... <laughs> I'll reform. No, you still do. No, you still do. <laughs> I love watching uh, 49ers Rams games. They're the best, man. So great, stressful man. Fuck that. <laughs> I hate those motherfuckers. That's like me I with Bears Packers. Bears Packers. I'll just, I don't even like to watch. It's not, it, there's no point. Jake, well, the, uh, the new, the newest football fan out of the, football yeah, world. I was going to say, I've only been a football fan for what this is season two or three, three, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last no, we'll year give, was we'll two. Give you, no, we'll give it, we'll give you three. Um, but I chose the Bills on a whim, kind of kind of influenced by Smoot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, shout out Smoot. Because I just uh, I don't know. I didn't want to say I was a fan of any of the local teams, just because people would be like, "Oh, it's because you live there and you're a bandwagon." So I just kind of randomly was looking at Twitter gifts and just like the like the Bills colors. They remind me of a that uh, junior outdoor game that they they played where they oh, had the, yeah. the Bills like themed uh, Team USA, USA jerseys. Yeah. And I mean, it's paid off so far. They haven't won anything, but they also haven't been bad and they're fun to watch. So, yeah. Josh know. Allen. Josh Allen's great. I love Josh Allen. I love me but, some Bills. Yeah. I really like the Bills. So I'd be, I'd be, I'd, I'd like to see them win the AFC. Yeah. I think that'd be a lot of fun. They just got to get like, through the ooh, like, ima- oh, like imagine we got like a Bills Chargers AFC championship. That'd be fun. That would be sick. That'd be super fun. The Bills Broncos. Allen, that'd be a lot of fun. Allen oh, versus sorry, Herbert Luke. would be a good matchup. <laughs> yeah. That I don't would know be... much about football, but that would be a. I like Herbert that'd be a, a lot pretty too. Cool yeah. game. I, lo- I love me some Justin Herbert, man. That dude can fucking ball. Who's got an He's arm. fucking overrated. <laughs> <laughs> So he carried my he carried my fantasy team all the way to the championship last year. I mean, sadly, I lost. But you <laughs> to know. me, to me, it wouldn't be nothing without Keenan Allen. 
love <laughs> Keenan Allen. Yeah. I was gonna say we need to we need to baptize Jake as a Bills fan. Um, at some point he's gonna get he's gonna have to get slammed on a table. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say I would do it myself, but I'm pretty heavy and me falling to the earth uh, would probably <laughs> hurt a little more. So I would let someone do it to me. That could be, that nice. could be one of our, that could be one of our first, uh, one of Con- our first uh, TikTok videos. <laughs> By the way, follow yeah. us on TikTok at later. Follow, on. Yeah. TikTok. That's us. Hello, fellow right. kids. <laughs> at late. I don't, to be sure, I don't know where our at is on TikTok, but later uh, rivals pod, same as the others. Come on, Connor. At later rivals pod, sorry. Um, yeah. Okay. I'll fall through the table for our uh, first video. Yeah, just get a nice, you know, table and put some, just put a bunch of stuff under it, and it'll be. We'll film <laughs> it in the parking lot before the home opener. Does anyone? Does anyone have a truck in your family? Nah, no. I mean, we have a we have a Ram, so I'd be able to do it. Oh, there you, go. <laughs> there you go. Just get in the bed of the truck, man, and just, just give it one yep, little gotta, elbow gotta thing. Make, gotta just... make Heather film. Yeah. <laughs> so they mostly do them through just like the little plastic card tables, right? Am I having to like yeah. jump through a fucking yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. wood table or any shit like that? No, it's really like the folding tables. Yeah. Okay, good. It's just steel. I've seen folding tables, but like I also don't want to go like superhuman with it and like yeah. have to be doing like wwe stunts Trench. for sake of a video you know it's a steel table <laughs> just start watching the video wait this doesn't look right <laughs> uh, well next question is from olivia she asks this one the first part's mainly geared towards you guys but she asks if you guys were to play hockey what position would you want to play and she asks but besides goalie What's another one that I would like to play? And I guess I'll start because I actually play goalie and I skate out every now and again. Um, I'm definitely a better winger than I am a center. Um, Part of that is because I'm very slow. Um, But when I do play center, uh, shit, when I skate out in general, um, I noticed the goalie brain kind of crosses over and I forget that I'm wearing a visor and not a giant chest protector and mask. So there yeah. are some times where I'm like on my knees trying to block a shot and a guy's winding up for a slap shot. And I'm like, you know, I probably should stand up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mainly play wing if I'm not playing goalie just because it's easier and mm-hmm. I don't get yelled at if I'm out of position, like at center. Um, cause being a center is very hard. Um, not a lot of people realize that you have to keep up with the play and pretty much like kind of pick and choose what guys you're covering given the instance on the ice. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of skating and I'm very out of shape and I don't mm-hmm. like skating a lot. So, you know, you looked fine when you were here, when I watched your games, you were, you were having <laughs> a good time. That's all that matters. <laughs> I also was like five steps behind everybody. They're coming down the ice one way and I'm still turning the opposite direction. <laughs> I got to a catch nice, up. I got a nice action shot of you too. Yeah. I mean, I did get an assist from the bench, which was pretty cool. Yeah. I passed it up to that one guy that was clearly our team ringer and 
he scored and he came back and he was like hell yeah man he was like thanks for setting me up i was like i didn't do shit he was like yeah you passed it along the boards i was like <laughs> i was man. sitting here a good 45 seconds and he was like <laughs> you know and he like looked at the the timekeeper guy and he's like hey give eight an assist give eight an assist and the guy's <laughs> like oh okay <laughs> if i uh if I was in the NHL right now and I could pick my position, I'd probably play center. Like back when I played hockey, you know, when I was a kid, like in, I stopped like my freshman, sophomore year of high school. I I was pretty much a center. I played a little bit of defense, but I was a center. But um, yeah, I'd say I'd say center or uh, right wing because I'm a right shot. And then my dream would just be to post up on the power play like Ovi in the left circle and then just fire off one timers the entire time. That'd be <laughs> I would. I always had a pretty good slap shot and like a fairly decent one timer. So I feel like I'd, I feel like I'd excel there. So yeah, we'll go, we'll go with center. Not a big right deal. Wing. I got a good then, slap shot. Then, uh, yeah. And then, a, and then a power play specialist. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Luke. Um, I don't know. I guess a winger, a winger. whatever, whatever position. Lose like, lose like video coach. <laughs> <laughs> video coach lou lou wants to take over for dallas eakins when he's fired mid-season yeah that, that's what i want to do imagine uh coach lou what are the coach lou what are the lines i don't care just go play I don't give a fuck. <laughs> just don't embarrass me i don't care <laughs> <laughs> so that's you, it, chris that's it lou just winger yeah okay <laughs> um I would probably be it'd be a toss up between a winger and a goalie. Um, I played when I was younger and I was a winger, but you know when you're younger like that, you don't really have set uh, positions. You know, you're just kind of wherever they just but yell I, at you to go on the ice. <laughs> you just skate, you know. But I, I always ended up being like a winger, um, and I don't have a ton of like hockey background besides that. And I was like five or six. And then I played like ball hockey and I was always a winger. Um, so I'd probably be that, but I, I don't know. I've always been interested in, in being a goalie too. I, I always like playing that position. So plus I can't skate well. So if I were to play hockey, that would be the easiest go-to. I can just maybe like slide myself over to the crease and <laughs> just stand there and stop the puck. So I think it'd be goalie say uh it isn't common knowledge but uh goalie actually is a lot more skating than it is as a player uh but it's more technical um it's i mean i'm not gonna sit here and act like i'm some master because i did start skating at 19 and Mm -hmm. had never skated ever in my life before so i had a lot of learning to do but it is a fucking workout like a lot of it is kind of having to tell your body to do something and do like a certain motion, mm-hmm. but it's like another thing to physically do it. And <laughs> yeah. having 20 pounds of equipment on your body doesn't make it easy. Yeah. But it's you won't fun. see me. You won't see me playing the puck behind the net. <laughs> I'll just be like on one. Uh, I'll be down on one leg and I'm just pushing with my other skate to like <laughs> slide. <laughs> Yeah, I used to play against a goalie at Ice Town that he couldn't 
he couldn't push to slide across his crease so he would hop side to side <laughs> so i'd just see his like mask like bobbing up and down like cross the crease that's actually awesome hey you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes yeah then you get you know you can get a nice mask charge players like Hashik and make them flip <laughs> over you <laughs> well it wouldn't be an episode of late arrivals if one we didn't have a cameo from ryan um every episode has to have a ryan question or reference in some instance but his question ryan. is a discussion we had in the group chat already um but he asks is a plain slice of pizza sauce and bread yes. or is it cheese sauce and bread no that's cheese, cheese sauce pizza. and bread is a plain pizza that's cheese pizza <laughs> It's a plain pizza. No, it's cheese Bread pizza. with sauce. Oh my God, here we go. <laughs> Since it's baked, is it bread or is it toast? <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> 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 I'm, I'll ask, okay, if you order, say you're just going to get like a, a, a cheese or just a plain pizza. Do you order like if you were to get okay if you were going to get pepperoni on it would you say cheese and pepperoni or just a pepperoni pizza? Yeah, oh, good point. Yep, you don't say if if you order a pizza and you add other toppings to it, you don't ever say add cheese. Yeah, because it's a given. <laughs> like, because <laughs> um, but I, I I don't know what it is <laughs> if it's like a buffalo thing or what. But I always grew up when you order pizza if you were just getting pepperoni, you would say cheese and pepperoni. That's weird. Right, it, and my, then ever buffalo since we also moved, it's like not Buffalo is also like not a real place, so <laughs> it doesn't know if they want to be in the U.S. or Canada. So it's whatever. <laughs> um, it's just it's just a fictional city. <laughs> but like, we'd get like the weirdest looks once we left Buffalo when we order a pepperoni pizza to say cheese and pepperoni. They're like, everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> cheese and pepperoni you mean just pepperoni <laughs> it's like yeah man i guess i feel yeah. like what i had said in the group chat like if you're being super super technical and like well actually <laughs> technically plain would probably be just pizza or like a slice of pizza would be just sauce and bread and that's what a plain pizza is because restaurants like that will make designations for allergies and yeah. i had I had a friend growing up who was lactose intolerant and his mom always got pizzas for us like that and i know that it's not how i mean i kind of think the same way of like you're gonna assume cheese is just a you know normal thing on a slice of pizza mm-hmm but like, if you were to get super, super technical and said plain, I, I'd have to say it's sauce and bread. Because when you Thank order, you, Jake. when you order a cheese pizza, you order it cheese pizza. You don't order yeah, it plain yeah. pizza. You know what I mean? But I also feel like there's also that gray area of where like they're also under the impression that you know that it comes with cheese. Yeah, because that's I don't know. Like I'm kind of with uh, you and Lou with the whole just sauce and bread because you order i don't think you ever say plain pizza and get cheese you order it 
specifically you say, I just want a cheese, a slice of cheese pizza or a large cheese pizza. You don't say a large plain pizza. At least I don't. I've never heard I just, anyone. I just, I just think cheese and plain mean, mean the same. I think plain just means no toppings. But when you say, can I get a pizza with toppings? You don't say, can I have cheese and sausage? And yeah. pepper? You, you, that's where my logic comes through. I got gotcha. you. You know, I guess so. this, is, this is what we get for being friends with Ryan. It's just <laughs> causing distress, talking about food and escalators can't wait for the salad question but <laughs> <laughs> i think the point we're missing here is how does this remains affect the packers be, remains to be seen <laughs> jeez how does this affect the packers <laughs> ryan are you a troll i hate trolls well if like plain trolls. pizza doesn't have cheese then it does affect the packers in a negative way true <laughs> This does actually affect the Packers. They're going to fucking kill Lou. <laughs> uh, well, I'm definitely in a better mood than when we first got on, so I guess I can ask my question now. Oh, all right. Um, originally, what I had planned on asking you guys, but, you know, fucking Jack the Pumpkin King parking in front of my parking spot at Chipotle kind of ruined things. But I wanted to... <laughs> Sorry, I just see Chris covering his face. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Goodness. Uh, well, I was going to ask if you guys have ever gone through a phase of listening to like certain bands or something that you guys are embarrassed of because I was reminded, I think, by Twitter. No, it was Snapchat the other day sent me a memory from like a year after high school mm-hmm. and I was posting like all kinds of sad emo shit on my Snapchat <laughs> to like bullet for my Valentine. Cause my uh, girlfriend had oh broken no. up with me. And I looked at it and I was like, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> and my Valentine uh, that, you know, I used to think they were like the coolest band ever, but I look at it now and I'm like, man, I really was buying shit on iTunes. I was buying the same album like four different times. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not embarrassed to say that I listened to baby metal at one point because baby metal goes fucking hard, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I was like sitting there looking at Snapchat and I was just like, man, what kind of frame of mind was I in? Because I clearly was in a bad place if I was listening to Bullet <laughs> for my Valentine. <laughs> that's tough that's a tough one well i brought it up in an earlier episode that i used to like in sync i was an in sync dude um but after that like band wise i did listen to nickelback (laughs) nickelback's got some bangers that's okay i kind of i kind of feel like those two are that's not bad yeah yeah i mean it's you know it's respectable (laughs) I, i feel like nickelback's kind of on the like the limp biscuit chart of things now where like so many people like it to just like not so much be edgy but be like oh well, you know i always liked them or you know they're not as yeah. bad as everyone always hated on them mm-hmm. and like in sync everyone loves nostalgia nowadays so yeah it, you know not everybody's ashamed to say it like <laughs> you know, yeah like when they first were out people would probably make fun of you for saying oh yeah it. but like i could not say it now now people are like 
so I don't say accepting of it, but like, like, oh hell yeah, I liked him when I was a kid. So, mm-hmm. but I, I get it, you know. Yeah, probably couldn't tell your friends that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't even tell my uh, some of my family. <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> some of them. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're up, Lou. What was the question? Oh my god. <laughs> are there any, are there any bands that you regret listening to? That you ever felt ashamed of listening to? All time low. <laughs> I mean, I listened to some weird shit in high school. I can't remember though. When I listened to weird shit, that I was like, why, why? I don't know. Okay. I mean, we all have those experiences. That's why I wanted to ask. <laughs> all right, you're up, Connor. I I don't really know. <laughs> Super embarrassing that I like listen to like all the time. I I mean, not to sound like my music take is superior, <laughs> but like I I I don't know. No, not really. <laughs> You know, none of my music is bad. I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm a man. <laughs> Jesus. I really wanted to say something, but I don't think I could compose myself well enough to say the full thing. So I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm gonna hold off for now. <laughs> Ugh. what you gotta do man we we had some highs and lows this episode i kind of feel like we we ranted and raved for a while oh, man, there i'm and... 40 <laughs> i'm a man i'm 40 come after me <laughs> but you know what would be a lap episode if we didn't have you know a variety of emotions and a roller coaster all the way through it's kind of it's kind of our it's kind of our brand we're just yelling and crying <laughs> about lineups <laughs> shitting and throwing up <laughs> shitting shitting and throwing up pissing too <laughs> uh, well i i think we end the chaos here um if you don't already he, you know, to follow us on our socials, join the Discord, follow the TikTok. It's brand new. It's very new. There's nothing there. Don't expect me <laughs> doing anything on there. Oh, we're going to get you on one, Lou, when I come out there? Come on. We're going to take mm-hmm. Lou to a public skate and push him around on a seal. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be our first TikTok. You um, can push him on a seal while he's pushing me on a seal. <laughs> Seal train. Oh boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Connor's face. <laughs> so the rinks establishments uh, don't like uh, seal trains like that. So I'm going to have to say we're probably not going to be able to do that, but we'll get someone to push you, Chris. Okay. But uh, follow us. So uh, follow our network over at the Hockey Focus. Um, this week, I'm going to try and backlog a lot of our episodes on the site. Uh, so if you are a new viewer, um, we appreciate you stopping by and listening to our ranting and raving tonight. 
Um, but you know, if you've been around with us through, you know, all nine so far, uh, our content is going to vary a little bit. Uh, we're going to have some blog posts that are going to come out weekly. Uh, the ones from me are going to primarily be just, uh, cataloging the episodes, uh, just so they have a spot on the, on the website. Um, hockey focus, but we do have some content plan to go on hockey focuses website. Um, don't really have an idea of what we may post, but you know, ah, the first one will probably just be an intro to all of us. If you know, yeah, if anything, yeah, just a, um, a quick one, easy one, but you know, knowing us, it'll derail really fast and <laughs> we'll get to some fun topics. We'll let Lou uh, talk about food, <laughs> but Lou's you can daily follow- Lou's daily menu. What he eats every day. Lou's pantry. I had fried chicken at 9.30 this morning. That's just, oh you're, you're a reckless individual. What? <sighs> Hurts my stomach, dude. It was fucking good, dude. <laughs> but again, uh, go follow us on our socials. Follow the Hockey Focus, please. Uh, go support their other podcasts. Like we said, uh, got some got some new uh, podcasts joining the family over there, so... Uh, shower them with support uh anything else guys uh plug our twitters if you uh like our content please leave a rating and review on a rating on spotify and a rating and review on apple let's try to rack up some more of those we got a we got a handful of uh reviews so it'd be nice to get some more on there yep add add us on twitter and tell us if we're doing a good or bad job yeah make fun of us i don't care (laughs) but yeah that's uh that's it from us this week uh i hope you guys enjoy uh i said we always having a good time here uh going off the rails a little bit so uh a little bit (laughs) yeah see y'all see y'all this time next week see you later that's the other thing before we go uh we're probably going to be keeping up with mondays for a while uh just to kind of test the waters see what it's like recording on another day um getting our episodes out uh probably on wednesday is what i was shooting for um may drop an episode tomorrow if uh, i'm able to get it all together tonight but uh watch out for wednesdays it's going to kind of be the new release day for a little bit kind of see where we're at see if we like it a little better than recording tuesday but yeah we'll see you same time next week see ya bye uh